Hello and welcome to the PCOS Diva podcast. My name is Amy Medling. I'm a certified health coach and I'm the founder of PCOS Diva. And my mission is to help women with PCOS find the tools and knowledge they need to take control of their PCOS so they can regain their fertility, femininity, health, and happiness. This podcast is sponsored by my new book, Healing PCOS, a 21-day plan that takes you step-by-step through healing and thriving with PCOS. It's all in there waiting for you, beginning with the three keys to living your best life as a PCOS diva. For more details, visit HealingPCOS.com. So today we're going to be talking about a subject that I know is going to resonate with so many of you listening, and that is anxiety. And we're going to um, really approach it from kind of a different angle. And you know, as um, Megan uh, from Harmony Restored, um, Megan Byer, she's the founder of Harmony Restored. We were talking about it before we got on the podcast that so many um, of the the information out there and sites out there say, you know, stop eating gluten, you know, you need to, um, you know, breathe when you have anxiety, but we're going to kind of go to the deeper root of anxiety. So I'm really excited about this call today. So let me introduce Megan. She, um, as I mentioned, is the founder of Harmony Restored, a company focused on helping individuals heal from the stress that is at the root of their physical and emotional pain. Megan is a certified emotion code practitioner. She's the author of two books on healing, a Reiki healing healer and a mom to three. And after years, suffering years with anxiety, panic disorder, chronic stress, food intolerances, adrenal fatigue, and an autoimmune disease. Wow, she sounds like <laughs> one of us PCOS divas. Um, but she went on a journey to health, spending over 10 years researching, experimenting, and finally figuring out all the unique tools she needed to naturally heal herself. So Megan, welcome to the PCOS Diva podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So your story sounds so familiar, um, and I think it, it is going to resonate with so many women listening. I know myself, I kind of reached my rock bottom when I was um, unable to be a mom to my, at the time, three-year-old and one-year-old, just like laying on the, just not able to engage. <laughs> and feeling way too young to feel so old and sick and tired of feeling sick and tired and feeling like pharmaceutical drugs weren't helping me and there had to be another way. And it sounds like you had a a similar experience. Yeah. I mean, almost identical, you know, the picture that comes in my mind is exactly like yours of sitting on the couch and having two little children at the time and feeling like I'm, I'm literally missing everything. Like my life is passing me by and I'm just laying here and I can't move. And, um, <clears throat> you know, it, it started about 10 to 12 years ago at this point, And it was, um, you know, it was one, one night that really shifted everything and it was Halloween. And, um, I only had one child at the time and he was two and I was pregnant with my second. And, um, we had gone trick or treating and we had so much fun and we put our son to bed and and then I 
we, my husband and I went to bed and then not much longer later, I woke up in a panic. And, um, at the time I didn't know what was going on. Um, now I know I was just having a panic attack, but at the time I'd never experienced a feeling like that before. And I very, very literally thought I was dying and told my husband to wake up our son that I needed to say goodbye. You know, this was it. Take me to the emergency room. I mean, I was just a mess. And went to the emergency room in this, um, you know, I was there for a few hours and given a lot of saline and, <laughs> and sent on my way. And, you know, the doctor was just like, oh, you know, it's just in your head. And, and I was like, what? Like, this is not in my head. Like, there is something going on here. This is not right. And that was really what kind of spurred this really deep desire in me to figure out what was going on and to start feeling better. And um, and it, what was interesting for me was that as I dug more into the alternative health realm, the worse I felt. And I, my son was diagnosed with autism and I was working really hard on healing him. And, you know, I had this perfect diet. We were, you know, we were jumping from paleo to vegan to, you know, whatever else I was, you know, hopped up on at the time. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> And, you know, taking thousands of dollars of worth of supplements and seeing doctors and naturopaths and chiropractors and homeopaths. And I became, I, my, my health declined very quickly. And um, I was so frustrated because it was like, here I am, I'm doing everything quote unquote right. And I feel worse. Like <laughs> what gives? And, and I was so stressed out and I was so overwhelmed and that's when that really debilitating fatigue, you know, kind of set in and the anxiety got worse and just kind of more chronic. And, um, you know, and then I finally got the diagnosis of Hashimoto's and it was kind of a relief because it was like, oh, well, you know, now I at least have an answer. Like there's a reason why I feel this way. And, but I didn't feel any better, <laughs> you know, getting a diagnosis certainly didn't make me feel better. Um, and at that point I really feel like I hit rock bottom and, um, was introduced to the emotion code and some other forms of energy healing. And at the time I was like, well, this stuff is just crazy. You know, it was so woo woo and out there. And, but you know, when you're a mom and you've got kids and you feel literally like a bucket of crap, like you will do anything. And I was at that point where, you know, I, I was at rock bottom. So I was open to woo woo and I was like, fine, let's do this. Like, I, I don't care if I feel better. I don't care how crazy it is. And, um, so we started doing some of this emotional work and it was really amazing how quickly my symptoms started to resolve and the anxiety started to lift and the fatigue started to lift. And, um, and it was really, really amazing. And then, um, and I would say a few months into, into doing, you know, emotional work, I would say my symptoms were about 75% better, but there was this last little chunk that I just could not figure out. And I remember it like, this was my moment, <laughs> my moment of healing. Like the last thing for me, it was, I was sitting on my back porch and it was this really beautiful spring day. And, um, we live in Virginia on a couple acres and it's just, you know, we've got a Creek and trees and garden and chickens. It was just this beautiful kind of picturesque day. And my husband was working in the garden and my kids were running around playing. And I remember I was sitting on my deck reading a diet book, trying to figure out that one last piece, like maybe it's corn or maybe it's soy that's hidden in my diet somewhere that I don't know where it is coming from. And 
you know, just trying just to figure out one thing. There must be one thing left, you know? And, um, I had this moment. It was like this light bolt just came down and like a lightning bolt came down and just like shocked me. And I realized in that moment that the thing that was quote unquote wrong with me was that I believed that there was something wrong with me. Mm. And so as I held on to the belief that there's something wrong with me, the more like there was always going to be something wrong with me. If that's what I believed, then that was always what was coming true in my life. Even though I was feeling better, I really wasn't letting myself kind of finish healing. And I, um, I just realized it was this belief system. And so that moment I realized instead of sitting here and reading a diet book, I'm going to actually close it and get up and go play with my kids. And I'm going to act like nothing is wrong with me. I'm going to just pretend like, I mean, it was really hard at first to like fake it, but it was really like faking it until I made it. And I, from that point forward, I decided to start eating and breathing and thinking and living and moving like a person that has nothing wrong with them. And within three months of that day, my, I went to go get blood work done and my, um, my diagnosis was gone. Mm, that's, that's really fascinating. I mean, I think that mindset and those little minds, I mean, it's was such a significant mindset shift, but, um, it can make but when you just start thinking of diet and lifestyle in a different framework, I mean, it makes such a huge difference. And for me, I think it was the feeling of um, not being enough uh, that yeah. sort of probably lit, started as a you know young child, and I, that was my mindset shift that I had to make that that I was more than enough. Um, and it was kind of that, that lack mentality versus more of like an abundant mentality. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, there was enough time to take care of myself in the day and, and put myself first, just even when I had kids. Um, you know, there was enough money in order to, to um, purchase healthy food. I mean, you don't have to go broke purchasing healthy food. Um, yeah. I, I, I think the interesting thing is that oftentimes I think the, the dis-ease that's kind of arising in our bodies, whether it's PCOS or Hashimoto's, I think if we can look at it, and, and you say this um, as well, is kind of our wake-up call, that you know, we're not broken, that it's your body's kind of message symptom trying to get your attention that something is out of balance and would love for you to kind of speak about that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where I've had to totally change my mindset and change the things that I let myself, like that I expose myself to, the things that I read, the people that I follow on social media, because this, this underlying vibe of there's something wrong with you and you have to do this to fix it. That is really for me when I was at my sickest and I was just, I was grasping for anything. I just, I needed to feel better. And it was like, if somebody's going to promise me that, you know, I can cut out whatever food, dairy, gluten, sugar, corn, like name one, uh, you can cut out this food and then like, you'll never feel anxiety again and your body will thrive forever. Like you're, I was grasping to that stuff because I needed something to hold on to. And in return, it was actually creating a lot more anxiety in my life. And I couldn't really figure out why. And the anxiety, I came to realize the anxiety was my body's feedback system. Like our emotions are our body's way of saying, 
you're thinking something that isn't right for you. You're believing something that isn't right for you. You're doing something that isn't right for you. Even if this diet book is telling you this is what you're supposed to do, or even if this is what everybody else is doing. And, you know, so it's, it's, it's kind of a, a bigger issue than just, you know, health and food and, and supplements and all that. This right. is like, you know, are we going to listen to our hearts and follow what feels good and speak our truth and, and really just live from that space? Or are we going to just kind of conform and do what everybody else is doing and not really be happy? You know, if that's your career or if that's, you know, where you're raising your family or whatever it is, you know, for me, it's, it's always this wake up call when that anxiety hits, it's, it's a wake up call that something, something is off and that doesn't mean something is wrong. It doesn't mean that you're broken or that there's something wrong in your body. It just means your body's saying, oh, let's explore this a little bit. Let's have a little bit more mindfulness here. Let's get in the present moment and let's see, you know, am I speaking to myself unkindly? Did I say something to my kids that I need to repair? Did, you know, whatever it is, it's not always food because <laughs> that's what I always blamed food. It was like, got a headache. Oh, it was food. I've got anxiety. Oh, it was food. Um, and that, you know, you get to this point where you realize, okay, like, again, my diet's perfect and I'm still having anxiety. It's not the food. So it's something else. And that's where it's this wake up call for us to live more fully in our own truth and let go of things that are no longer serving us and, and be brave and bold and make those decisions that we know that we really want to do. Like, you know what, I really want to live in this city or out in the country, or I want to move to the beach or, you know, I've always wanted to play the cello or, you know, whatever it is, it's these little things that enrich our lives and that these things that speak to us. And we say, Oh my gosh, I want to do that. And speaking, you know, standing in that and like listening to our body. And I think, you know, for me on the healing journey, it was getting to this point where I no longer trusted my body because I was giving all of the power to the diet books and the gurus and the you tell me what to do and I don't know what to do for myself anymore and I'm broken. There's something wrong with me. Please fix me. I'm not good enough. And it's taking the power back. It's mm -hmm. taking your power back and tuning into your body and figuring out what's best for you and if that's a food or a supplement or a career change or a relationship change or <laughs> whatever it is that it goes so far beyond what you're putting in your mouth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that when we go to the doctor and say, gee, I'm, I'm having some anxiety, um, you know, what's in their toolbox? They have pharmaceuticals they can offer. Um, you know, you can do the diet, like you said, the dietary changes, the supplements, but they're not really asking the questions like a coach could, um, you know, trying to dig deeper into sort of the emotional, like you said, the emotional code. Um, and even the, the spiritual um, side of things and where is that disconnection? And mm -hmm. I think often it's sort of our internal um, uh, uh, intuition that's sort of kind of telling us that something's not quite right, but it's causing us anxiety because we're not willing to listen, um, kind of slow down and listen. And I would love it if you had, you know, when you're in that place of anxiety and you're trying to figure out where it's coming from, and like you were trying to figure out, is it the diet? 
Um, is it something going on in my life? Do you have any, like a, a scan or, or like a um, sort of a little protocol or something that you would do to kind of help center yourself and figure out where the anxiety might be coming from? Yeah, I, you know, I have a few, few different things that I tell my clients to do, you know, when those moments hit, the most important thing is to realize you're never going to figure out anything when you're feeling triggered. So if you're in this place where, and I know like this is, I remember being in that place of like having all these books out and searching and making meal plans and trying to figure out, oh my gosh, if I can just eat this way or if I, maybe I need to buy that supplement or, you know, and just like swirling and, and mm -hmm. getting really anxious. And the, at that point, you're not thinking clearly, um, even though you think you are, <laughs> you're not. And so I always tell people like, when you're in those moments of acute anxiety, like just it's a storm that's going to pass and just hunker down. Like you're not going to make any good decisions in that place. You don't want to make a decision when you're feeling triggered. So just slow down and take a few deep breaths and let the storm pass. And, um, and the, this is a metaphor that I use for my clients and in my programs. And even with my kids, I tell them, you know, whatever they're feeling, if it's anger or sadness or whatever it is, it doesn't have to just be anxiety. Our emotions are like clouds and they, like, if we, we can imagine ourselves as the sun and like that part of us, that whole, if you want to call it your spirit or your soul or this whole part of you that is whole and happy and well is the sun. And then below the sun, we have these clouds and every day the weather's different. And these, our emotions are like clouds passing in the sky. And if we can just stay centered and grounded in that, in the sunshine <laughs> and let the clouds pass um, and just trust, oh, this is a storm. And I'll tell my kids that and like when somebody's getting upset and they start to like spiral out of control and it's that moment where you think, oh my gosh, I'm going to feel this forever. This, this is it. Like I'm, I'm never going to feel better. That's just a storm. And so it's like, just, you know, it's just a storm. Like, let's just let it pass. And and then as soon as we realize this isn't who we are, it's just a cloud in the sky, we can kind of take a step back. So just slowing down, um, I think, especially with anxiety. And I know for me, it's that, that feeling of being really ramped up and um, it's taking a pause and it's slowing down and it's trusting that, okay, this is a storm that's going to pass. And when I'm feeling more grounded then I can make a decision. And that's where, you know, figuring out for, for each individual, you have to figure out what does help you feel grounded. Is it meditation? Is it yoga? Is it drawing? Is it having time in nature, spending time with friends? You know, these things that we think are frivolous are so key to our well-being um, on all levels. And it's these different things that help us stay happy and stay grounded. And those are the things that always get crossed off of our to-do list first. Like we think that, oh, well, I've got to make sure I get to the grocery store. So I'm just going to nix my yoga class. But it's like in actuality, if we could just do yoga first, <laughs> we'd feel so much better. And, you know, like these making ourselves a priority. And so if we can have those routines in our day-to-day, -day, in our weekly, monthly life to get grounded, then that's when you're feeling in, like you're in a good place. That's when you can make a decision. Mm -hmm. And I know for me, and it's really is different for everybody. And I know for me, especially with the food stuff, that was always my biggest stress. And 
but it was mostly when I was anxious, that's when I was stressed and about food. And, but when I got grounded, I realized it was so much more simpler than I had thought in my head. It was just like, eat lots of produce, eat like, it's so simple. Just eat real food. It doesn't have to be a certain thing. And it's all, it's that simple. It's like, it can be really grounded and simple. And so I think it's, um, you know, it's just realizing, oh, I'm feeling anxiety. So having the awareness, taking a few deep breaths to really just get in the present moment and, um, trusting that the emotion will pass that, you know, it's just an emotion. It's just a cloud in the sky. And then, um, making decisions out of a place when you're really feeling grounded instead of ramped up. <laughs> so I'm just curious, like what, um, what three things help you feel more grounded? For me, really, um, doing yoga is a huge thing for me. That's something mm-hmm. that I make a, a really big priority, especially, you know, with three kids and a business and just life. Um, I carve that time out a few times a week to, get back in my body. Um, cause that's my tendency is to go to my head and yoga mm-hmm. can really help pull me back into my body. So doing yoga, um, spending time in nature. Um, we live in the country for a reason because, um, I feel better in the country and I, it's simpler and it's quiet. And, um, mm-hmm. we have lots of time to go outside and to just be next to water and look at a tree and, you know, it's amazing how healing being in nature is. Um, so yoga and nature and, you know, I think trying to think of another, (laughs) another Mm -hmm. thing that does it for me, probably just some meditation, which is kind of, you know, it ties into Mm -hmm. yoga some, but, but just having moments in my day that I stop and, you know, again, taking that pause and slowing down and just taking a breath and having a moment of silence, just, for no reason, um, mm-hmm. just to slow down and recognize all the good that is right in front of me mm-hmm. that I wouldn't have noticed if I had just kept going and rushing around. And mm. so that's something that I really try to do. And I try to teach my kids to do, you know, it's like, what's, what's going good right now? Like what's, what can we notice? You know, if we're driving, um, again, living in the country in Virginia, it's not hard to find lots of pretty things when we're driving, but you know, it's like, what can we find right now? That's beautiful. Like, what can we, what's going on in our life right now? That's really great, you know, and just training our brains to think differently about ourselves and our surroundings and our life. And so it's, for me, it's just taking those few pauses during the day. And that really helps keep me grounded. Mm. You know what I love is making, I have this really cute little teapot and I'm a huge fan of taking a pause with a cup of tea and Mm. you know, you can't rush it. You can't rush the water boiling. You can't rush the tea steeping and you have to really be patient. And in that sort of patience, you know, it, it really allows me to, um, discharge from, you know, what I'm doing. Usually I have a cup of tea before the kids come home from school and kind of um, discharge from the work and recharge um, for them coming home from school. And just the natural properties in tea are calming as well. And then just sipping, you know, I try to, like you with the nature, I don't, I live in the suburbs, but I can still sit, um, you know, in the chair by the window and just sort of um, kind of stare out at the the birds and the trees and sip my tea and um, 
you know, try to get that feeling of being grounded and, and thinking about like what has, what's going right in my life. I think that's a great way of walking yourself, um, you know, back from, you know, that, that sense of panic and anxiety um, and, you know, kind of wanting, like right now, gosh, I'm going through trying to get my oldest um, off to college and, you know, trying to figure out, well, where is he going to go and how are we going to afford it? And it, that can just all spiral. Um, and I think just trusting the process and trusting that all will be well um, and reminding yourself that it has really helped me kind of walk myself away from the panic attacks. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, it's just fine. And like, it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love tea too. You know, it, like whatever it is, mm-hmm. it's different for everybody. And that's what I tell clients all the time is, you know, creating these little rituals for yourself mm-hmm. to bring comfort or joy or going to lunch with a friend, like whatever it is, finding these things and really making that a priority um, to get yourself out of your head and out of the thrilling thoughts and just back into, oh, okay, <laughs> everything's okay. <laughs> Instead of just like crossing your fingers and hoping it'll happen at some point, you know, really being mindful about, about doing that um, and getting present, you know, and it, a lot of my clients um, have a lot of, you know, deep past childhood traumas mm-hmm. and things. And, you know, it's, it's working on that, in a lot of different ways. And, you know, I mean, I do my work for them, but then, you know, for them, I tell them like, you know, again, it's, it's about being present. Like the past is over and we, we got to get our body into the present moment and discharge a lot of this energy that we're all carrying. And if that's, you know, through dancing or, you know, or yoga, it's these, these little habits of drinking tea or going for a walk or whatever it is, it's doing so much it's clearing out old traumas. It's clearing out, you know, our headspace, and it's all these different things. Like there's so many layers to the way that those, um, that these wellness practices really help us. Um, that it's just, it's fascinating. One thing that I found in my work, um, coaching women and, you know, even in my, with my own history is I find that when women suppress their creative creativity, I think they suffer, um, especially with PCOS. And, you know, reading, like, a long time ago, reading Louise Hayes, You Can Heal heal Your Life, and, you know, her, like, the back of the book of all the ailments and, and kind of the metaphysical reason for them. If you look at ovaries, it's kind of the point of creation. And when you have problems with your ovaries, you're sort of suppressing that creative force. So I find that when women really kind of get back in touch with their kind of creative flow, whether that you had mentioned dance, I mean, whether it's dance or um, it's like scrapbooking or even just coloring. Um, I find that that can be really healing and great for anxiety as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's that creative force that I think that we all have as women that, um, that we just, again, it, it, we have this mindset in our society that it's like, that's just, that's frivolous. You know, that's mm-hmm. for somebody. Like, I remember thinking, well, once I feel better, then I can do stuff like that. Oh, you so know? true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just remember thinking like, oh, you know, like I'll work on that stuff. Like I'll do that froofy stuff <laughs> when I feel better. Like I've got a job to do right now. You know, I've got to fix this. And, 
and it was really putting that off is what was putting off my healing. And we can be creative in any way. And, you know, sometimes people are like, I don't even know what I want to do. And it's like, okay, that's okay. Like just start experimenting or go back to your childhood. What did you like to do in childhood? Maybe you love to draw, maybe Mm -hmm. you, you know, whatever. And, and just start doing that, you know, and, um, pick up an old habit or, uh, or I mean, a, a old hobby, excuse me. Um, you know, just anything to have some sort of creative outlet. Um, you know, and if that's whatever it is, <laughs> it can be so many things, but having that as an outlet is so healing for our mental state and our emotional state. And, and for me in my journey and in my journey with clients, that has been the key to healing the physical body as well. Um, I know for me, when I took that very masculine energy of like, all right, I got to, you know, hunker down and fix this problem. And it's, this is all physical and, you know, I'll deal with my emotions later. Like I just got worse. And, but when I finally went into more of the, the emotional aspect of it, and the creative aspect of it, that's when my body was like, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> like, this is how, this is how we're going to heal. And, um, you know, so it's just, it's exploring all these different options that people have for healing. Yeah. So I would love for listeners to really take away from, from this podcast to experiment with some of um, those grounding techniques and really start identifying what works for you. And then exploring how you can express your creativity. And like you said, Megan, you know, kind of look at what you enjoy doing as a child and try to go back to that. Um, and, you know, I would love if you, we, we have about five minutes left and I know it's probably, I, I need to invite you back on the podcast because we could talk more about sort of the emotional um, cause of illness, but I think for a woman who has PCOS and have re- has really tried everything, you know, is eating, eating the right in- anti-inflammatory diet, she's exercising, she's taking supplements, um, but yet she still is having trouble controlling her symptoms. You know, where do you go from there in, in terms of energy um, and emotional healing? Yeah, I mean that's that's exactly where I was. Um, a different diagnosis, but the same, mm-hmm. <laughs> all the same root cause. Um, it's exactly where I was, and for me, it was the emotion code was really really helpful. Um, that is what pulled me out of a lot of my symptoms. So that I felt better enough to start taking care of myself because I, I mean, I remember feeling so crummy that I didn't have the energy to go do yoga or anything. And it was so for me, it was getting to this point with the emotional work where my body kind of caught up enough that I could start taking care of myself and start working on my mindset. Um, So it was, for me, it was the emotion code. Um, A lot of my clients, obviously very, very similar symptoms as me. And, you know, I would say 90% of my clients are women who are dealing with some sort of emotional or physical ailment. And um, it's really incredible to see what happens when we uncover some of the subconscious stuff and clear it out. Um, something you, that women can do. I was is, just going to say, yeah. could, could yeah. you um, give us an example? I don't know if anybody's really it, listening has really knows what an uh, emotion code okay. is. And maybe if you could just, you know, give us an example of um, the bra- a breakthrough yeah. a client had. 
Yeah, so the emotion code is a form of energy healing that really focuses on healing the underlying root cause, emotional root cause of your physical or emotional symptom. And by that, what I mean is um, I've been trained, I do muscle testing, and I have these charts and different things that I can do to figure out what traumas and past stress are literally lodged in the body, in the physical body, the emotional body, the energy body that are creating the symptoms. And I release those. And so I would say in a session, you know, I clear anywhere from about 15 to 20 emotions for somebody. And we go into a lot of other stuff. And that's where the muscle testing comes in as I, you know, figure out what foods people, you know, are are healing for somebody, what supplements somebody needs, um, all sorts of different things. But, um, you know, I have one client in particular that comes to mind and Um, she had a lot of physical things going on. Um, this was several years ago and, but more so she had had a lot of trauma in her childhood and had been in therapy for 20 years and, um, was starting to explore alternative options, was ready to kind of heal some of her physical symptoms as well and stumbled upon me. Um, and, well, actually went to her doctor and her doctor sent her over to me. And she, um, after one session, um, I got an email back from her and she just said, you know, I've, I've been in therapy for 20 years and I've been, I feel like I've done more in 45 minutes with you than I have done in 20 years. And, um, it's really about just looking at the body differently and, and getting to the emotional root cause. And, you know, just like the Louise Hay book, like each physical symptom has a pretty specific emotional root cause. And, you know, for me it was thyroid and that was all about, you know, um, speaking your truth and, and the emotional was embarrassment and shame. And so it was really pushing through that and healing myself in in different ways. And so, so in, you know, we're, it's basically work on the subconscious level. Um, all of my clients are remote clients. I don't see anybody in person anymore. Um, so it's something that's really hands off. People actually really like it because it's not therapy where everybody's been talking about their stuff for so long. They're kind of sick of talking about it. And so I'm, I just go in and do my thing and, um, and it's, it's remote and it's simple and it's easy. And, um, and really, really deeply healing to get to the emotional root of, of what's going on. So I'm not sure if that <laughs> answers your question. No, so so the, the woman that came to you that was sent um, by our doctor, she was able to release some emotions around mm-hmm. a particular um, yeah. subject. Okay. Yeah, so she just had a lot of trauma, and, um, you know, and, and I didn't, like, I, I mean, that was, that's why I kind of put off with this work, it was like, well, I had a pretty good childhood, like, there mm-hmm. wasn't anything really, you know, so I thought, well, there isn't going to, you know, but it, this is all just normal stuff, this is normal stuff that we all feel, it's human experience, and so, um, so what the work that she and I did together, you know, I worked to uncover and clear this um, subconscious stuff that she was still kind of the baggage is the emotional baggage that we all carry around and Mm -hmm. it's that feeling of like something's wrong but I can't put my finger on it that's all subconscious emotional stuff and so I worked on clearing that and I did a lot of coaching with her to help her shift her mindset and gave Mm -hmm. her tools to use you know EFT and and different things that she could use Mm -hmm. in her day-to-day life 
for kind of the upkeep. And, you know, we worked together for a couple months, I think, and then that was it, you know, and, and I love that. I, I love my clients, but I don't want lifetime clients because right. I'm not doing my job. If, you know, if they're not getting better, I'm not doing my job. So, um, you know, and I hear from her every once in a while. Um, and she asks for a little tune up session and we tune her up and she's good to go. And, you know, it's, um, it's just another, it's a different way to take care of ourselves. And, um, the healing can be so deep and so profound. And, um, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's amazing. Work. Yeah. And I, I mean, it, it, it's true that, that illness, it's just dis-ease and whether it's mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, um, you know, we have to address that. And, and I love that you have sort of a protocol and, um, a modality to do that. So can you tell listeners that, um, you know, would be interested to hear more about your work? How can they find out about you and what programs you offer? Yeah, I, my website is harmony-restored and, you know, I, you can see, work with me one-on-one. Um, I do private work with people where we do the emotion code and coaching and different things. And then um, I also have an option for people that if they do not want to work one-on-one, um, that I have created a, an online course called Rooted in Health, and it is all, it goes through basically all of the coaching that I give my clients. Um, so rather than working with me one-on-one for <laughs> a year, I do all of that coaching and give you all the tools in the course. And so um, it's a lot more cost-effective for people because um, I know a lot of people on a healing journey. I mean, I was there, it was like, I was, you know, spending an arm and a leg every month on trying to get better. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's a good place to start for somebody who isn't ready to totally jump in. Um, it's a good place to start with different tools and mindset and things to, um, it's all the coaching aspect that I, that I offer my clients. And then, um, if they want to dig deeper, then, um, that's when I say, let's, let's dig deeper (laughs) and do some one-on-one work. And you have a great resource, too. We've been talking about anxiety, if you want to learn more about coping with anxiety. Yeah, I wrote a book called Keys to Calm, and it basically just outlines everything that I did to heal anxiety, and that's from a physical, mental, emotional level. So, um, you know, obviously there is a physical aspect to it, so there's recipes in there and different supplements that I took, um, but also this mental and emotional aspect um, Mm -hmm. of it also, um, which is, you know, obviously the, the bulk of the book, <laughs> but it was so many people, even no matter what a, a client can come to me for a runny nose, it doesn't matter. But underneath of that, people are always saying, oh, and I have anxiety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's just kind of a given. It's mm-hmm. if they're coming to me for a backache or a runny nose or whatever the laundry list of symptoms is, anxiety is always on the list. And I've had such a deeply personal experience with it myself that I knew I needed to write this book and, and get these resources out to people because, um, it's something that can be healed and, um, people don't have to suffer (laughs) like I did for so long. Well, that's, this is all great. So many great resources. And, um, I'm just so happy that you came on to the Peace with Steve podcast to share you know, your work, your, the important work that you do. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. Thanks for joining us today. 
I hope that you enjoyed this podcast and learned a little something that can help you along in your journey. For more information about PCOS and PCOS Diva products and programs, visit PCOSDiva.com. This podcast was sponsored by my new book, Healing PCOS. It's my proven 21-day diet and lifestyle plan to help women with PCOS take back control of their health and resolve their symptoms. Healing PCOS offers you daily, small, manageable steps that help alleviate symptoms and control the inflammation, hormonal imbalance, and insulin resistance that underlie PCOS. The 21-day plan consists of a 21-day anti-inflammatory hormone-balancing meal plan, including meal prep and plan-ahead tips to make eating like a PCOS diva sustainable, 85 delicious recipes, daily lessons, and self-care exercises. I have helped tens of thousands of women with PCOS take back control over their health and their lives through lasting healing and sustainable lifestyle change. So whether you're newly diagnosed or have struggled a lifetime with PCOS, this book is for you. Find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or anywhere books are sold.